January 6, 2023. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin. If you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, let's go from 14 lines from the bottom. Uh, in the middle of the line again, uh, the Gemara has this statement from the Mishnah, a person who prophesies that which they didn't hear are liable, as the Mishnah told us, to mitat chenek. Explains the Gemara, like this character, this individual that we read about in Navid. This was a situation where Ahav wanted to know, uh, to determine whether he could or should fight against Aram in a place called Ramot Gilad. And uh, initially, 400 false prophets in unison at once told him, Tob, it's a good idea. He was still a little bit uncertain. And then this individual, Tzidkiyah ben Kina'ana, tells him, go for it. Not only that, here are karne barzel. You should have these brass uh, horns, which you'll use in your defeat of Aram. Uh, the Gemara questions, my havalele me'ibad. Well, this hazit, Tzidkiyah, is not really liable for death penalty over here. He was misled. Uh, God was interested in him giving the wrong advice. Ruach navot at'ate. It was the spirit of Navot which overwhelmed him, which overcame him, gave him this false prophecy. He didn't realize, uh, this individual, Sidkiya, that he was prophesying to Ahav falsely. After all, the Pesukim tell us, the circumstance situation is described in the Navi as God turning uh, to those beings or spirits around them says, who's going to mislead the king? Who's going to have Ahav think wrongfully that he can win in this war so that we can take him down? It's a circumstance where we want Ahav to die, where he will die. Uh, there's this spirit which opens up in front of God and says, I'll handle it. In turn, God says, go for it. Fadal, kish, go. Say, while the Gemara questions what's with the idea of God specifically, or the Navi telling us that God says, say, you can't be within my uh, area, you can't be within my walls because I stand for truth. We learned about this in the last chapter, last parak of Masechet Sanhedrin, and you are a false spirit. But fundamentally then, and we're leading up to it, we're then questioning how could Sitkiyah be blamed? How can we envision him as a person who prophesies falsely? He thought he was prophesying. He thought he was a Navi Emet. Who is, what is this Ruach that's mysteriously described by the Navi? My Ruach, Hamar B'Yohanan, Ruhoshel Navot Yisraeli. It was the spirit of Navot, whom, as we mentioned yesterday, as many of us are familiar from the Navi, had a storied history, a very negative one, with Ahav. He was ultimately speaking killed uh, through false testimony, which Izevil, the wife of Ahav, brought in order to do away with him. Uh, so there's a certain revenge that's in the air, no pun intended, and this ruach, this spirit of Navot after death, is what overwhelms this prophet, Sidkiyah ben Kena'ana, and as a result, he prophesies falsely to Ahav. But the question then remains, what should he have done? Why could he or should he be considered a Navi Sheker? Says the Gemara, he should have checked along the lines of what Rabbi Yitzhak taught us. What's Rabbi Yitzhak's teaching? 
However, uh, although the statement of Rabbi Yitzhak is uh, you can have two or more than two prophets who all receive or who each receive the same prophecy in content, the way in which it's transported and transmitted to each of them will be different. In Signon Ehad open up to book of Yeshaya and compare it to the prophecies of Yirmiyah, which in turn are different than the prophecies of Eliyahu. Every single one of the Nevi'im speaks in their own way because they received, according to our tradition, the Nevi'ah in a different way and fashion, each person according to their own uh, uh, intellectual and uh, creative makeup, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through his infinite wisdom, attaches himself to them. As a result, the Gemara is suggesting, and we'll see the example for this elsewhere, uh, the Sitkiyah ben Kina'ana should have noticed, he should have realized that before he spoke up, as I mentioned a moment or two ago, there were 400 prophets after Ahav questioned, should I go fight this war, who all in unison and at once gave one word answer, but it was the exact same one at the exact same moment. That's wrong. Something's fishy, something's up in the air over here. He should have abstained from getting involved further. There was clearly falsity that was being reported. It was clearly a wrongful situation. That should have been his marker. The fact that they all say yes, my understanding of it, at the same second as the Navi makes clear, that's the problem. And the fact that even that, they all say yes, as opposed to one saying, this is me and Jack, this is my understanding, as opposed to one saying, I think it's a good idea, and another one saying, go for it, and another one saying, God will be with you, that in and of itself as well. That they all say, tob, one word answer, end all at once, and 400 of them, that something's wrong, that you should notice. Says the Gemara in truth, or says Rabbi Yitzhak, will have something along the lines, I said Yeshaya and Yumya and so forth, but you'll have it with Ovadya, Ovadya Amar, uh, both Ovadya and we'll mention another Nivuah immediately afterwards, have a very similar Nivuah, but in different words, Ovadya and Yirmiya. On the one hand, Ovadya Amar, Ovadya's statement is, Zidon Libecha, Hishi'echa, it's, the, uh, it's the, uh, p- the purposefulness of your heart, of your intent, that's what uh, led you astray. Uh, sometimes when we are too purposeful, when we're too uh, committed to our vision, that can lead us astray. Similarly, in a similar context, identical situation, Yirmiya Amar, he has almost identical, but different, ultimately speaking. Tiflat sticha hishi otach zidon Libecha. Uh, so uh, again, he too is referring to this Zidon Lev, this purposeful and, um, and, and iron-hearted uh, will, uh, which is uh, misleading, but he says it in different words. The understanding is he received it in different words. In turn, says the Gemara, and these 400 prophets who spoke before Sidkiya ben Kena'ana, since they all said at once, those are the words of the Gemara and Nathan. It's specifically I said at once. Shema'mina, mina, he should have sitkiya ben kana'ana should have understood la kelum ka'amre. They're saying nothing. It's false. Run away. Says the Gemara. Dilma la havayadale lehadir bitzhak. I mean, bitzhak lives a long time after sitkiya ben kana'ana. His statement, his analysis of the Navi, that no two Naviim have the exact same way of portraying and receiving the prophecy. Uh, maybe Tzidkiah ben Kana'ana didn't know that. You're going to fall. You're going to blame him for that. 
The fact that he heard them all saying it at once, maybe he thought that's an amazing thing. Borei Olam has a way of uh, affecting people in the identical. He should have understood that since they were identical in unison and in, in, at the same time, that was a problem. Says the Gemara, yes, he should have because Yehoshaphat Havatam, because there was another prophet who was present, as the Navi describes, at the time that Zidkiah is speaking to Ahav and giving advice about this war. His name was Yehoshaphat, Vika'amar lehu, and he said, Dichtiv, Vayoma Yehoshaphat, Ha'en po Navi. Uh, Yehoshaphat at that time says, Is there no true prophet? That's after the 400 say in unison told. Oh, well, wait a second. Zidkiah ben Kna'ana should have realized that's a good guy. That's someone who's speaking logic. He should have, as a result, abstained. It's for that reason we look at him and we say, there is a false prophet, even though, even though he was overwhelmed and to a certain extent out of control, he should have overcome that. So in that circumstance, Ahav turned to Yehoshaphat, the Hachamim inject. Again, Ahav standing in front of these 400. He has Yehoshaphat, present somewhere nearby, and he has the Sidkiah ben Kana'ana, the 400 have their prophecy, go for it, Tob. Yehoshaphat says, no prophets present. Ahav says, what are you talking about? Didn't you hear those 400? Amar le, according to our tradition, according to our understanding, the Hachamim say, in that moment, Yehoshaphat says, no, I'll tell you what was wrong. I have a tradition from the household of my grandfather. Period. And the tradition is that although prophets, Nevi'im, can receive and will receive at many times the same prophecy, it will never be, it will never be the same words, it will never be besignon ehad um, to the extent that their nevuah, as it was transmitted to them and as they report it, is identical in wording. There is an interesting uh, conversation, not to get too much into it, in the book Emet Yaakov, written by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. It was one of the uh, great uh, Rashi Yeshiva in America in the uh, late, 19th, uh, late 20th century. And so he has in his introduction, he wonders the following. It's, it has, it's a very fundamental question without getting into it. He says that the Torah, very clearly, according to our tradition, <coughs> is directly the words of Borei Olam through Moshe, which means to say Moshe transcribes and was the mouthpiece, so to speak, of God during his lifetime. Words of God injected through the mind and mouth of Moshe and then put onto paper or put onto parchment as we have it in the Torah. What about the Nevi'im? Are the Nevi'im the words of God or the content of God? In other words, when the Gemara over here talks about the fact that prophets would get the same prophecy but not in the same words, is that because the particulars of each prophet, of each Navi, made it that he heard it and interpreted it and in turn transmitted it differently? So to speak, there was the personal injection, not that they changed anything, but the specific words were not the words of God? If that's the case, he suggests, among many other conversations that he has over there, there is, I've mentioned on more than one occasion, there is a notion amongst many of the poskim that when it comes to Torah Shebiktav, Hamishah Humsheh Torah, if you just open the book and read the words, you fulfill a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. But you don't understand what you're reading. But you're reading the words of God. There's a kiyum, there's a fulfillment in it of itself. Just reading the words of God and Hamishah Humsheh Torah. What about if you opened up to Yehoshua, you opened up to Yirmiyah, and you read the words, but you don't understand them? 
Certainly, if you read the words of the Gemara and don't understand them, you're wasting your time. It's an interpretation. If you don't understand the interpretation, what have you fulfilled? Do something that you do understand. What about Navi? So he suggests, if we interpret the Gemara the way I just did, along his lines, that it's the words of the Nevi'im, it's the content of God, so then there might not be that fulfillment. It's an interesting and important conversation to be had. But anyway, that's, that's what you have over here in our Gemara. So it says the Gemara onward, what about the next case? A person who prophesies something that was not said to him. Until now, we're talking about uh, false prophecy. Here, this is a true prophecy. It just wasn't said to him. It was said to my friend. I overheard him talking about it. He whispered to me what he heard, and I go out and I report it on my own. That's a problem, our Mishnah told us. Liable to death penalty. Kigon, I'll give you an example, says the Gemara. Hananya ben Azur. Uh, here was the circumstance. Uh, Yirmiya was in the upper area of the, of the uh, marketplace. And he prophesied, that's Yirmiyah, uh, the prophecy of Yirmiya at that time was that I, says God, will destroy the bow, in other words, the strength of Elam. Elam was a nation known as Madai, also known as Elam. Uh, now, Elam, Madai, were helping out at that time Bavel. This is at a time period where Bavel is, is giving us problems in Eretz Yisrael. Ultimately speaking, gave us very big problems. But anyway, the prophecy of God that Yirmiyah reports is that Elam, Madai, is going to be destroyed. This Hananiah bin Azur, here's his mentor, his colleague, Yirmiyah, prophesying that. And he, as a result, listens carefully. And the Gemara says, Nasa Hananiah kalvahome be'atzmo. This Hananiah now uses logic to understand the prophecy of Yirmiyah and to apply it accordingly. Ma'ilam azor et bavel. If ilam, madai, again, is the way we refer to them generally, if they were only there aiding in the battle against Israel to bavel, the prime force in this battle, in this attack of Israel was bavel. Amara kadosh baruch if God, Yirmiyah, is reporting said, I'm going to destroy them. Oh, so the kastim atzman, kastim is the way we refer to the bav, bavlim. So the bavlim who are now attacking Am Yisrael, they themselves, if the, uh, if the sidekick, if the ancillary force, if the, the, the people who are not the main attackers are going to be destroyed, so kastim atzman, bavel themselves, alahat kama vechama, certainly they're going to be destroyed as well. Ata ihu, so Hananiah ben Azur, he himself comes, beshuka tahton. So whereas Yirmiyah is prophesying from the upper, upper marketplace, he goes to the lower marketplace. Amar, ko amar Adonai vigomer, shavarti et ol melech bavil. His prophecy is, in the name of God, I'm going to destroy, I've already to a certain extent destroyed the yoke, the strength of bavil. Yes, Asks Jesse, asks the Gemara in just a second. Well, one second, you told me it's true prophet. We talked about false prophecy a moment ago. We gave Tzitkiah ben Kanana. Now you told me you're going to give me true prophecy, but someone else prophesied. He didn't prophesy this. This wasn't Yirmiyaz Nivuah. Says the Gemara, and there you are. Amar le papa la I think that's your question, right, Jesse? It says, says uh, Rafapata Abaye. Oh, wait a second. This Hananiah ben Azur, this wasn't even said to his friend. Yirmiyah didn't have this prophecy. Yirmiyah had a prophecy about Madai. He's prophesying now about Bavil. 
Amale, okay, says, says uh, Abayet, a student of Papa, Kevandi it Yahiv Kalvahome le Midrash, Kevandi it Male Dame. Listen, there was a Kalvahome, there was a logical deduction over here, and it was a proper one. If God said he's going to destroy Madai, who were only the sidekicks in this battle, only aiding in the attack of Yisrael to Bavel, so yes, it stands to reason, and he did a good job. Kalvahome, God's going to destroy Bavel. What's that? Maybe it doesn't, why would he, I guess the understanding, I guess the understanding, is, well, one of two things. Firstly, maybe you're right, but at the same time, maybe he's applying it, so it's not a false application. He's speaking as an application, important, important you know, but, he, but he's trying to speak truthfully, and a certain nivuah is uh, piecing things together. Secondly, uh, maybe it is a kalvahama. If we're envisioning the reason that the side people nation is going to be destroyed is to protect Israel, so then it is a Kalvahome. Um, uh, okay, I mean, the Gemara, Rav Papa, and Abaye accept it as being so. And as a result, it's as if it was said to Yirmiya. Uh, says the Gemara, again, so, it's similar to it being said to him. Says the Gemara, who nihu It's the only issue over here specifically was that he himself, who ihu It wasn't said to him. Halania ben Azur didn't hear this or didn't receive this in prophecy. Yirmiyah did. Next case, avodat kochavim. What's an example of a person or people who prophesy in the name of Avodazara? Keep in mind. That was even, we're not necessarily going to give that as an example here in the Gemara, but even if they get it right, even if our Mishnah said to us, they're They say the right things. They're just reporting it in the name of Avodah Zarah. That's a big problem. Mishnah told us about their punishment. Kigorm, what's an example? It's like the prophets of the Baal. This is in the time of Ahav. We were talking about that just a few moments ago. We'll return to that again in a moment or two. Nevi'eha Baal. Baal was the name of the prominent and dominant Abu Dazara of that time period. And they prophesied. They prophesied against Eli- Eliyahu. They prophesied all sorts of problematic uh, things and issues during that time period. They're mitnabe b'shem Abu Dazara. Hakoveshet nevuato. Who's an individual who... Uh, who suppresses their prophecy, they don't act on it, they try to overcome it. As Jesse, as Rashi already told us, now the Gemara does, Kigon, Yonah ben Amitai, like Yonah, many, if not all of us are familiar with the story of Yonah, who's commanded to go and speak to the city of Nineveh, tell them that in a short period of time, God is going to, what seems to be the prophecy, destroy the city. Yonah doesn't want to do so for one reason or another. Gets onto a boat and tries to go in the opposite direction. That's Koveshet Nevuato. He's not interested in doing so. Of course, God has, seems to me, the last laugh in that story. But that's his attempt to be Koveshet Nevuato. Vehamivater al Divrenavi, who's an individual who is mafkir, mevater. He tries to go against, not listen to the words of Navi. Kegon havre de Micha, like the friend of Micha the Navi. Dichtiv veishe hadn bnei hanevim amar el reehu vidvar Hashem hakeni na vaimayen haish lehakotoch tiv vayomer lo ya anasher lo shamata vegomer. The story, very, very briefly, without many of the details, as Rashi fills in some of them, was a situation situation a time again back with Ahav. Uh, but with a, di- a different king, we're dealing with Ben Haddad, who was the king of Aram, and there are successful battles, 
and uh, with a lot happening at the time, Micha, who is uh, who was an important navi at the time period, turns to another and says, for one reason or another, strike me. But this other doesn't listen to Micha, won't strike him. And Micha, unhappy with that, and prophesying and explaining what's going to happen, says, as a result, you're going to be devoured by a lion, which is indeed what happens. So effectively, what you're dealing with is a circumstance where, a situation where, the Navi has spoken, has not only predicted, but has mandated, has commanded what to do. His friend doesn't listen to him and pays, uh, pays the punishment for it. What's an example of a prophet who goes against his own prophecy? Another devouring of a lion. And uh, this situation with uh, again, very briefly, it was uh, in a circumstance where he prophesied for Yerav Am ben Avat, who was a very problematic person in our history as well. But uh, after prophesying positively for Yerav Am ben Avat, Yerav Am ben Avat invites Ido to eat together with him. But he says, I have a prophecy that I'm not supposed to eat together with you. I won't eat. I'm not eating or drinking. Then another says to Yeravam, but I have a prophecy. I'm a Navi Kamocha, and you're supposed to eat with Yerav Am ben Avat. And Ido listens to him and goes and eats together with Yeravam, and as a result has a terrible ending. He is he goes against his own nevuah. Okay, says the Gemara. Now that we've dealt with many of the cases and given examples from the Navi, given examples from the Torah for each of them, Tanetana Kamederav Hasta. Let's now try to understand just the technicalities of how you'd have such cases. First and foremost, you should know, a person who tries to overcome and suppress, not report their prophecy, we lash them. Although the Mishnah told us we don't put them to death, the Mishnah told us it's mitatam bideshamayim, God, uh, takes care of that individual. Nonetheless, the betin, uh, the authority vested to the Jewish community at each time, is supposed to coerce that person to actually prophesy. This is not the malkot that you talk about, 39 lashes. This is malkot to perform a mitzvah ta'aseh. Uh, the Gemara Masechet Ketubot and Tevav talks about this person doesn't want to take lulav, person doesn't want to hear shofar, and so forth. You beat them up a little bit, once upon a time, when I guess it was legal in some respect, in order for them to fulfill that mitzvah, a person who's koveshet nevuato loke amale. The response in turn uh, of Rav Hasta is, wait a second, that's what you're telling me. You're reporting that from a beraita that the halacha is a koveshet nevuato loke man matrebe. Excuse me. Amale, I skipped a line over. Amale man daachil tamre barbela lake. Are you telling me a person who eats dates out of a dish? gets malkot, that's a strange expression, but it's a rhetorical expression, it's a sarcastic expression. It's like saying, how would you possibly give this person lashes? You're telling me that you have to beat him up a little bit until he uh, fulfills uh, his mandate of reporting this prophecy? Uh, what's that? Uh, that's, that's where we're getting. That's, that's exactly the point we're getting to. So Judah asks, how do you know he prophesied at all? That's exactly what we're getting to, but it's a sarcastic initial retort. He says, are you telling me a person who takes a date off of a dish, he also gets lashes? Man matrebe. Who's going to give him a warning? How do you know he got a nevoah? You're going to tell him, you have to report your nevoah. How do you know he was a navi? 
How do you know God convened with him? How would you possibly do this? It's a beautiful statement. We want everyone, if you're a Navi, you have to report it, you have to tell everyone about it. How could, how could you know that that's the case? Who's giving him the warning? Amar Abaye Havre Nevi'e. Abaye answers his friends, the prophets. They will know that he got a prophecy. Who said they know? Why would they know? Just because one Navi got a nivuah, others know as well. Amar Abaye. Abaye says we have a pasuk which seems to imply that a person won't get nivuah without another knowing that they got nivuah. It won't be that they both got the nivuah per se, but if I were to prophesy, one of you or someone else would be aware that I am a prophet. Ki lo ya'aseh Hashem elokim davar ki imgila sodo. God will always reveal his secret as he's transmitting a secret to one. Not per se the content of the secret, but the fact that he's talking in a secretive fashion to one Navi, another Navi will know that that's going on. It means that a Navi will know about the other Navi who in turn has his nivuah and his kovesh and he's suppressing it. In that situation, we're lokinoto. It's not Malkotin Vetin. This is not the real, that's what I, I purposely, it's not the third and nine lashes. We're not uh, able to, it's a Lavshen Go There's no action over here in, in suppressing a prophecy. You couldn't give 39 lashes in the real sense because there's no action. It's just, it's, it's abstaining from doing something. It's, it's like not doing a mitzvah ta'aseh. Nothing more, nothing less. You don't need witnesses. You don't do it in court. You just look in, make sure the guy does it. It's clear the person knows he got true nivuah, and another person knows that he got true nivuah. No, in general, anyone who gets prophecy knows where they're getting it from. That's our assumption, yes. That's our assumption. Yeah, you have a question. Uh, we had Tzitkiah ben Kena'ana who didn't. I guess that's far and in between. In other words, generally speaking, we assume that if a person gets nivuah, they're aware this was true nivuah. This wasn't just a bad dream or something like that. It is an assumption. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know. I don't know that it's ever, certainly the Torah doesn't tell us about it, but we don't know about that ever. When the Nevi'im get their nivuah, we don't know. They don't tell, oh, by the way, their wife knew about it, by the way. Heck uh, We're told from the Pasuk that they will know. Uh, okay, and Nathan says if things went wrong, if Moshe kept quiet, then we would have found out. Uh, says the Gemara, maybe, in the words of Rashid, the upper legions, meaning the transmission from Borei Olam, maybe they changed their minds. Not that they changed their minds per se in the real sense, but maybe the plan shifted for some reason. In other words, imagine the scene again. Uh, there's a fellow who got nevuah. His friend knows that he got nevuah, and the person never reported. We start beating him up. He says, "What are you beating me up? The plan changed. God, yes, it's true. I got a nevuah that I was supposed to report, but it changed. How do you know differently? Maybe the plan changed. That's why he's not reporting it. So you're going to start giving him malchot, beating him up until he opens his mouth and reports it. Maybe the plan changed. Says the Gemara, imita dehadrebe. If indeed the plan changed." Lehader means to, to, to turn back. The same prophets who found out that he was prophesying, that he had a prophecy, the same fact that you have Nevi'im who know that he got a Nevi'ah, they'll know as well that the plan changed. As a result, if we don't know that the plan changed, 
and we, we go up to him and we give him Malkot in, t- in order for him to prophesy. Wait a second, Yonah himself. Yonah, as we mentioned, is commanded to go and prophesy, or excuse me, to go and through his prophecy, go and report to the city of Nineveh. God said, He's supposed to tell them that in 40 days, this city, Nineveh, is going to be destroyed. And then he goes and he does it. They change their ways, and Nineveh isn't destroyed. Yonah never got the plant, never got the, uh, the shift in action. He realizes that. At the end of Sefer Yonah, what's a Perik Dalit, he's looking and he's realizing they saved their lives. This prophecy fell away. And he's confused and he's unhappy and he has a, he has a combative conversation with Bore Olam. But Yonah never was told that it was retracted. Maybe sometimes Nivua is retracted. The plan is changed and you don't find out. Says the Gemara, Yonah ma'ikara nineveh nehepachet amrele. Ihu lo yada ile tova ile ra'a. Period. The fact that Yonah was initially told in 40 days Nineveh will be overturned. Those were the words of his Nivuah. And those are the words he report, reports. What do those words mean? What does overturned mean? Well, we can translate in one of two ways. Either it means overturned, it's going to be destroyed if they don't remedy their ways. Alternatively, it means they're going to overturn their decree because they're going to change themselves. They're going to do Teshuvah. It's similar, maybe a little bit more relatable, to the Midrash. Rashi quite quotes it, and we're going to actually talk not about that per se, but about Akedah Yitzhak. Abraham is told, sham le'olam. What does le'olam mean? Le'olam, we assume, means he's to be slaughtered, to be sacrificed, Yitzhak. Ultimately speaking, the word le'olah is still fulfilled. He's brought up. He's elevated to the top of the mountain. He's elevated in terms of his connectedness to God. And as a result, the Gemara says, this was never a retracted nivuah. This is a nivuah which was fulfilled. He just, ihu lo yada, tova, He didn't know, Yonah himself, whether this was going to be fulfilled positively or negatively. He assumed negatively, but ultimately speaking, it was positively. That is the Midrash. The Midrash says the reason Yonah didn't want to go is because he wanted to be Melitz for Am Yisrael. He didn't want the non-Jews to make us look bad. Why? Oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. Just, uh, okay, Does, um, I don't know. <laughs> the answer might be it's Midrashim Halukim, which is fine. And Jesse just points out there's a well-known Midrash elsewhere that the reason Yonah didn't want to go is because he was defending Am Yisrael. He knew the non-Jews or he assumed the non-Jews would do Teshubah, they'd be saved, and he doesn't want that to happen and makes Am Yisrael look bad. They're not doing Teshubah. So it sounds as if from that Midrash he has has an inkling they're going to do Teshubah. Over here our assumption is not that way. You have to say Midrashim Halukim, I assume. Good point. Says the Gemara HaMevater Al Divrei Navi, a person who doesn't who who doesn't listen to the words of the Navi, Mina Yada Mina Yada How's he to know that this person is a true prophet which in turn he'll be punished for not listening to him? Maybe he's a false prophet. I don't know. You, someone's reporting something. You're supposed to know they're a true prophet. No, I, I say, yo, yo, I knew that guy. He lived across the street. I knew he was a scholar. He's not a prophet. That's why I didn't listen to him. Answers the Gemara, the Yahav le'ot. It must be that he presents a sign. If he presents a sign 
and uh, which is he has a prophecy and it's fulfilled and you notice it's fulfilled you have to then heed his words. You have to realize there's something going. He's not just doing this heke. Says the Gemara very briefly, The story of Micha we had earlier, he never brought a sign. And nonetheless, his friend who won't strike, who won't hit him in that situation, is punished. Says the Gemara, if the person is already known and established as a prophet, as Micha was, he doesn't need to provide a sign. You have to know they're a prophet. Says the Gemara, if you aren't to argue and to accept that when the person is already muhsak, established and assumed to be a prophet, they don't need to bring a sign in order to mandate you listening to them. How do you explain Yitzhak going together with his father up to Haram Moriah in order to be slaughtered? Well, he never brought a sign. How do you know it's a true prophecy? How do you explain that Eliyahu and Har HaKarmel, where they're doing Shehut Ehud, they're slaughtering outside of the Mishkan, outside of the Mikdash at that time period? That's liable to Karet. That's a big problem. Why are they listening to him? Oh, Nevuah of some sort. Nevuah of some sort. Sword. Why are you listening to him? You shouldn't be listening. Even without him bringing the sign, if he's muhsak, if he's already established himself as a prophet, as a navi, you're supposed to assume he's a navi. Not listening to him in turn would be a avira, would be a sin. Baruch Amen. Amen.